Hello everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Good Faith Idea Exchange. For today's episode, I am joined by Dr. Ferros Fayez. She has been in the field of medicine for over 25 years, and she specialized in inflammatory diseases. She spent a lot of her time treating some of the most serious conditions um, many people encounter in their lives. And more recently, she has taken her expertise and applied that to uh, more private practice, uh, more family medicine. And she is helping many people um, in more of a boots-on-ground initiative, um, helping people with um, many of their serious conditions. Uh, I think this will be a very good educational, um, very informative episode. And, you know, this is, you know, especially about medicine and treating, um, treating some of the serious conditions um, we encounter as people. Hope you enjoy. First of all, uh, first of all, doctor, um, you know, how are you doing today? And um, how is everything going on your end? Oh, great. Thank you. Um, we're actually getting some sun over here in, uh, in uh, Britain. Normally rains a lot, especially in July. So we're enjoying the sunny weather and uh, coming out, finally coming out of lockdown. So um, yeah, things are good. Things are looking up. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I did understand that, uh, you know, over there, you guys have been in lockdown for quite a while. Very happy to hear things are beginning to get better. Mm, definitely. I mean, uh, I think one of the, the benefits of, you know, you always have to see a silver lining. One of the benefits of lockdown is you realize that you, um, you know, you really value the ability to go visit people and um, have freedoms to just shop and go to theaters and go to restaurants. So yeah, I don't think we'll, none of us will be taking that for granted too soon. <laughs> right. Exactly. Mm. Uh, okay. Well, well, excellent. Well, first, uh, you know, could you please tell me a little about your background? Okay, so I've been a doctor for 25 years. Um, I initially trained in rheumatic diseases in hospitals. So I was a, an acute physician, so dealing with things like heart attacks, um, asthmatic attacks, chest infections. And my subspecialty was um, rheumatoid disease, um, autoimmune disease. And then partly to to sort of gain a work-life balance when I was pregnant with my third child I changed over to family medicine which actually was where I've learned most of my medicine because actually in terms of actually dealing with people and talking to people and getting to know them it, it's it was a really really sort of an amazing journey because seeing people in their own environment bringing all the the problems they had and all the challenges they had and coping with illness and disease really opened my eyes to perhaps a, di a different way to practice medicine. So um, I've been a family physician now for about 16 years. Um, and in that time, I have really sort of focused on chronic disease. And what's really intrigued me is the way that people respond differently to their illnesses and to their and to the, the health challenges that they faced. And also realizing that perhaps throwing medication at people isn't always the answer 
and really looking for sort of root causes of illness is really where we're where I would be doing most service to my patients. So then um, I've trained in functional medicine where we're, we're really looking at the root causes of, of disease. So whether it's nutritional, whether it's um, um, toxin related, whether there's low grade infections or there's um, psychological um, stress that's causing the problems. And um, family practice is a really wonderful place to be able to sort of see how all of these factors interplay with a person and cause distress and disease. So that's that's the sort of very brief synopsis of my journey. And obviously, um, um, I've, I've got children and I've got four children and they've had their various health challenges as well. So I've got sort of a, an intimate knowledge of them um, living with um, family members that have not been well as well. So I think that's really spurred me on to really try and discover the root causes of problems and help my patients um, create a structure and create a roadmap so that they can actually um, regain their health. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, well, I mean, what do you enjoy most about being a healthcare professional? I mean, this goes back to my med school interview is that, you know, we all, most of us want to help people. We really enjoy helping people and really seeing them overcome their challenges and overcome their health problems and be able to live a fuller life as possible. Um, in that role, I enjoy teaching people and really empowering them to make the decisions that are best for them because I think health really lies within that person rather than um, being sort of, um, you know, giving that role to, to a, say, a doctor or a nurse or a psychologist is actually empowering people uh, to take control of their own health and give them the, um, the resources to be able to do that. Um, and uh, my part of my role is asking is allowing them to ask the right questions and well, teaching them to ask the right questions so that they can feel empowered and um, move forward with their health health journey. Okay, okay, well, that's that's excellent. It sounds like you genuinely want to help people, and that's very refreshing this day and age. Well, what is it about chronic illness that especially draws you? I think the thing about I like complex problems. Uh, of, it, they're intellectually stimulating so I, I like having a challenge um complex problems are problems that people you know obviously have had difficulty solving and i'm in a really privileged position to be able to help them um give another insight into into their situation and to try and unpick the the knots that we we, we get ourselves into um and i think that's that's one of the the real joys about being able to deal with chronic illness because often it's it's very multifactorial it's not just um it's not just the disease state in the body there's also environmental factors relationship factors and um, socioeconomic factors as well and really helping people see that and have clarity on how they've got to that stage and and help them create a roadmap or create a, a route out of that um, I find that really rewarding. And I think it just the education side of it, I think, you know, as, as a doctor, um, that's one of the biggest thing, biggest roles I have is to help people understand um, their own bodies and their own health so that they can create a very personalised solution for them, for themselves. 
So, um, yeah, I suppose chronic illness is very intellectually challenging. I think the impact of being able to help somebody that's been wrestling with a complex, complex problem and able to and allowing them to work, find a way out of that is really good. I, mean, I think you could probably relate being a sort of a, an engineer. You know, it, it is it's really nice to be able to get your teeth into a problem and really help somebody find a solution. Right. Um, actually, when you when you were talking about that, that's it definitely made me think uh, a little bit to uh, my work as well, except uh, the problems you solve are helping people, saving people's lives. That's 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 awesome. Yeah. yeah. But um, so also, um, you know, there was a quote that I noticed. I noticed it on your Facebook that that stood out to me, it stood out to me especially. You know, it said behind inflammation is oxidative stress. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Okay, so oxidative stress is, so the body is made of lots of molecules and there are lots of chemical reactions that occur that will lead to certain processes happening. And there's a number of ways the body um, creates these sort of chemical messengers, either through hormones, neurotransmitters, sort of um, other signaling. But oxidative stress is, if you go right the way back, is looking at the sort of molecular side of it um, in terms of products that are produced that perhaps aren't useful in huge amounts and they can cause damage to cells, the, the cellular structure, to the um, to the nucleus of the cell and cause imbalances in that very sort of fine molecular uh, message, messaging system. And the things that can cause oxidative stress are things like poor nutrition, um, toxins in the environment. Stress itself can cause imbalances in hormones and dysregulate the sort of um, the molecular messages that uh, um, the cell has and that it uses to feed back and control its environment. So then what happens is oxidative stress then leads leads to inflammation and inflammation i mean a lot of people talk about inflammation what inflammation is is that sometimes in in, in limited amounts in a control environment it's good because it allows a, um, a cell to heal um, and it gives the cell the right signals to cause sort of dna or membranes or um sort of the intracellular what we call the organelles to heat to, to be repaired but if there's too much inflammation it overwhelms the cell and it causes cellular dysfunction so then it will re result in more um, cellular damage, more hormonal imbalance, more um, dysregulation of the metabolism. And then that leads on to symptoms. So then you'll get things like high blood pressure. You'll get um, um, problems with your sugar balance, your, your glucose um, uh, balance. You'll get things like nausea. You can get skin inflammation. And and the thing that we do often as sort of conventional doctors is that we really focus on the on the symptoms. So say somebody presents with um, diabetes or with high blood pressure, well, the, the pharmacological treatments at the moment are focusing on reducing the blood pressure, reducing the amount of glucose in the in the in the bloodstream, rather than perhaps going a bit further back and saying, well, you know, there's inflammation going on. So what's causing the inflammation? What's causing that oxidative stress? Is it, um, you know, your nutritional status? Is it low-grade infections? Is it that you, you're in such a stressful environment, you're not getting enough sleep, you're not doing enough exercise, you're, eat, you're eating the wrong foods, you've got a lot, you're always in that fight, flight, or um, 
a freeze mode because you know you're in a really bad relationship so what I want to do as functional medicine I want to do as a you know as a as a doctor that really wants to help people is really look at those things that are causing that stress and causing that um, dysregulation of the cellular mechanism and then moving forward and um, the, the part about education is actually sort of teaching people what causes that oxidative stress what causes that disbalance that imbalance in the body and uh, giving them the tools to be able to one be aware of it and two to be able to regain sort of homeostasis regain that balance themselves one of my favorite subjects actually in biochemistry and I can talk about that a lot a lot but I don't want to um uh, with you. okay that I mean that uh, that definitely sounds very interesting well I mean I guess even more more to that um what's one what is one change that you would like to see in the medical field as a whole and what, if anything, can be done to make it a reality? I think, I mean, over the sort of last 20 years, I think medicine's become a lot more conveyor belt-like, that we're, we're sort of treating, often treating guidelines rather than the patient in front of us. And often, because of the constraints of the system or the environment that we work in um, and, the, and the pressures um, in the sort of medical um, sort of industry, we often don't listen to the patient and we don't often see the things that are sh- you know, the red flags that are shouting out at us saying well actually we need to address the stress we need to address the nutrition this person is eating too much sugar eating too much carbs, not doing any exercise uh, you know um he's got so many financial difficulties that he's working all hours so he's not getting enough sleep so really listening to the patient and actually treating people as people and m- making sure that the um the solutions that we offer them are very suited to that person. That's why it's really important, actually, that my patients are active participants in their healthcare journey, that they they really, they're the real key. And we as doctors, or I as a doctor, will provide them the resources, but they're the ones that actually um, implement them and um, take steps to move forward, but really make that service very personalised. Okay. Okay, well, um, well, you know, obviously, COVID has been um, a huge, um, it's been the issue last year, and, you know, for a great portion of this year, how would you say COVID has affected these efforts? I think the whole COVID sort of phenomenon has been really interesting. I think COVID, I mean, obviously, the virus, is, virus can produce a very significant illness in some people but also it, it creates a whole spectrum of illnesses. But I think what it's really highlighted are the, um, one, the priorities of the health, the sort of the global health healthcare system, which don't necessarily match the priorities of, of the individual. And also perhaps we're, we've been caught on the back foot rather than sort of, we're really focusing on treatment rather than prevention. Um, there's things that everybody can do that um, can help them be more resilient towards um the infection you know looking at the lifestyle factors making sure that you know we're getting enough sleep making sure that we're eating properly that um we're reducing stress because all of these things have an impact on the immune system and it can really um and it it has a huge huge effect on an individual's susceptibility to the illness i I had one patient um earlier this year 
and, and she actually got COVID and she said, you know, doctor, the only thing that I think that really made a difference with me, because I got it bad, but I wasn't hospitalised. I, I felt like I was going to be hospitalised was the fact that actually earlier this year, I'd actually started looking at my uh, way to my um, my own health and I'd managed to become more fit and healthy and I'd lost five stone in weight. And I thought that was really interesting, actually, because all the media coverage is about vaccines and maybe the medications that are allowed or not allowed. But actually, there are things that we can do ourselves to improve our own health. And they have profound effects on the, on whether you get the disease, whether you get really severe disease or you're able to brush it off. And I think um, COVID's really and, and that's the case for a lot of illnesses. And COVID's really highlighted that. And it's and I think COVID has also made me definitely look at my own sort of priorities in in health. Can we you know sh- should we focus on things that perhaps only a small number of people can get, or should we focus on um, lifestyle changes that everybody can aspire to and really help educate people to um, to do themselves and take control of their own health? Yeah. Yeah, that um, being um, proactive as opposed to reactive, I think, is very important. You know, Absolutely. well, it seems that assisting people and providing them with resources and, and information is important to you. What are some of the things that come to your mind, both you know, both locally in England and um, you know, in America, even globally, um, mm-hmm. in terms of resources that could assist people medically? I think there's some really good, um, there's there's a lot of health information out there and there's lots of really good commentators on um, on health. But the thing that I'd say is that keep it simple. I mean, a, a lot of the simple stuff is common sense stuff is, you know, really look at your nutrition. Look, if, if your weight is over, uh, if you're overweight, try and reduce your weight, but through healthy means by sort of, um, educate yourself about nutrition reduce your stress make sure you get enough sleep i can't really emphasize that enough but sleep's really really important so and all of these individual topics there's lots and lots of resources on the internet and then the thing is if you if you're finding that you're overwhelmed you know seek the help of there's many sort of health coaches doctors that you can seek seek the help of and often there's lots of programs that the um you know um i know in the nhs we've put on um, lots of programs, sort of health and well-being programs. I think the other thing is actually, rather than focus on disease, is actually focus on well-being. I think that's really, really important. I think one of the problems with perhaps COVID and other diseases is, and, and medicine in general, is that we're focusing on disease states rather than wellness states. And there's a lot, there's a lot of information out there that we can really focus on being well and preventing ourselves getting ill. Um, so you know take part in the initiatives that are put on in your in, in your locality and i think one of the other things that's really um, been emphasized with covid because i mean i know that you haven't been through such a lockdown as we have but and it varies from region to region but that social isolation has been really difficult for a lot of people and actually taking part in your community taking part in the um in the sort of more congregational activities makes a huge difference and really talking to people 
And uh, and I think this is one of the reasons I wanted to come on the podcast is actually talking to people, even if you, they they don't agree with you in particular areas. Just having that conversation is is therapeutic, and it breaks down a lot of barriers. And just having that communion with somebody else is really beneficial to to your health. So, just innumerable initiatives, and really go in with an uh, with a sort of attitude of curiosity and find out more about them and if you're finding that you're getting if there's there's too much information I mean, there's lots and lots of people that will help you create your own well-being plan and make it make that and an, um, a priority um i actually look after part of my work as well is that i look after um clinicians that are, are burnt out or got mental health problems and one of the things that they find really useful which they haven't done themselves is to create their own well-being plan and I think that's something that actually that you could take away from this is actually create your own well-being plan um and uh, I mean obviously I'm on Facebook if anybody wants sort of a prototype of that they, um and you know they're free to well uh, to to message me and I can send one out to them but I think focus on a well-being plan before you get unwell gotcha well, um, well, this actually kind of goes a little into my next question, but are there any other special initiatives underway? Um, well, any special initiatives underway on your end that you would like to mention? So I, I've, got, I've got two, two programs that I run. One is a very intensive sort of one-to-one, um, very personalized program where, where I work with clients for six months and um, I run a whole, well, we start with very in-depth um, consultation, and then I can um, run investigations to look at their nutritional state, their hormone balance and things. But then I've got another program, which is a roadmap program, which um, um, is um, more of a, a health coaching program where I identify the areas that um, a person might need to focus on. And then we've got, I've got a program that runs for three months, which supports them with education and coaching and uh, question and answer sessions so that they can um, actually make the changes they want to make. Um, so I've got those two programs um, and, um, you know, I, I, I'd be really happy to help any of your um, audience with that. Um, and the other thing is I, am, I offer a, a complimentary um, sort of health strategy core so that even if I'm not able to help you or if you're confused as where to go, I can give you some advice on where you could signpost you to the next step, really, and um, say, well, you know, perhaps you could look at this or you could look at that. Um, because it's not it's not all about my own program. There's many providers out there that might be better suited to you. But, you know, feel free to sort of reach out to me for the um, the health strategy call. Um but the, the two programs I have is the roadmap program and the MITO program, which is the intensive six month um, consultation. Wow. All right. Excellent. All right. That sounds great. All right. Well, with that, um, I want to say thank you, doctor. You know, that's about all I had for you. Um, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with me today. This has been good. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. And that is the end of this episode with Dr. Fias. If you have questions, if you'd like to know more about her practice, 
You can find it at any time in the show notes. With that, I have nothing more. Have a great day, everybody.